2: I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with David Drogemeyer and John Kegley to do this Friday show for you guys. We have a lot to talk about, but first, we're three riders from San Diego Sports Domination that started covering the Chargers three years ago and started our own Facebook Live show called Chargers Domination Live, and the success of that show led us to pick up with the Locked On Chargers podcast this year, your team every day, so we've been doing this, and On today's show, we're going to talk about the all-time series between the Seahawks and the Chargers, some notable games in there, and then we're going to get into the injury report and talk about how important Melvin Gordon is going to be if he can play, if he doesn't get to play this weekend, and then we're going to wrap things up with our bold predictions, and David and John gave you their final score predictions on the crossover show, so you will be getting my final game prediction as well. So let's get it started, John. I know you have all the stats go up for all the I know you have the stats for the all time series between these two teams. I know you remember at least the most recent games pretty well. So why don't you break down what this rivalry? Why don't you go ahead and break down what this game has been the last few times? Well, the last few times, it's uh, it's
1: been quite thrilling, actually. Even the game that probably most people don't remember in 2002 was an overtime game that the Seahawks ended up winning by a field goal. But even the Chargers that year weren't even that great. I think we had like four wins that year. But 2006 is when they got fun. We had 14 wins that year, and one of them was week 16 at Seattle, just like this week at Seattle. We were down 13-7. to Chargers drive down and get a deep touchdown to Vincent Jackson. Beautiful throw. I had a friend that was there. And right when that touchdown happened, Seahawks fans threw all their trash at him. And we ended up winning that game twenty to seventeen. The four years later, we play in Seattle again though, and we started off slow. Didn't really score much, but then the offense got the hang of it in the second half. And but every time the offense would score, Leon Washington would return a kickoff back for a touchdown. He had two of them, and we. Chargers lost that game 27-20, to 20, and that's the last time we played in Seattle. But my all-time favorite game, which I'm sure you guys would agree to this, was in 2014, Week 2, against the defending Super Bowl champion Seahawks. On a hot day, I think it was 120 degrees on the field. It was 108 in the stands. I was at that game, and I have photos that I could probably post on the On page of how burned my arms were from that game. And the Chargers pulled off a major upset in winning 30-21. to 21. Antonio Gates had three touchdowns, including this amazing over-the-shoulder one-hand catch, which is a pretty amazing play, but it's not the greatest play in this rivalry. Can you guys guess what the greatest play this rivalry is? No, John. What is it? 1994. In a 24-10 win, the last time these teams were... In the same division, 99 yards, Stan Humphreys to Tony Martin, the longest offensive touchdown in Chargers history.
2: Wow. Oh, wow. That is a, a pretty cool stat. I mean, I don't remember it, but I have a good excuse. I was two years old when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me for uh, misremembering those. But, yeah, my favorite play- game was definitely the Antonio Gates three-touchdown game. They also gave Percy Harvin, I think, a 50-yard touchdown where he stepped out of bounds. That was a run, too. That was
1: a an end around, and he went down
2: the sideline, stepped
1: out of bounds, and scored. And it was all over ESPN the next day. Like, how, we just got the new rule that you can have the booth review this play. Why didn't they review this play? And it was a big debate
2: for a while. Yeah, and I remember... The feeling around that game, John, was that the Chargers had no shot in that one. I remember they lost that Monday night game against the Cardinals. Keenan Allen drops a pass, I think, on fourth and four, and they lose that game. Everyone thought that was going to be a win. And then going up against a really good Seattle team, no one thought they were going to win that game, and they ended up pulling it off. Yeah, I remember going to that game. When I bought the
1: tickets for that game, I bought them on StubHub. I bought the cheapest ticket I could and it was $99 cheapest for that game. And the whole, the whole half of the stadium was Seahawk fans. And there was a bunch on the Chargers side, too. But that was the white hot Sunday game. So it was literally a half white stadium and a half blue with lime green stadium. And those Seahawk fans were loud. The whole beginning of the game, all you could hear was, Seahawks! And the whole time, I'm like, oh, my God, you guys shut up. And then this is the only game I've ever heard the Charger fans be loud. That place was rocking. And at the end of the game, I got my
2: section to chant, you suck. (laughs) Of course you did. That's not surprising. Uh, David, what do you think about that and all these close games between the Seahawks and the Chargers going back a few years?
1: Before you say that, before you (laughs) give your thing, since you bring up close games, the last 10 games... I've been decided by single digits, and only one game was a two possession, and that was the thirty to twenty one game.
0: So go ahead. Yeah, David. Now, So given that knowledge, I you know, and just the way these teams are looking this year, I think it's going to follow along the trend. I think it's definitely going to be a close game. A couple of really good teams in this one, you know, good offense on the Charger side, really good defense on the Seahawks side, and also the Seahawks are humming on offense a little bit with the running game as well. I think it's going to follow the series but my favorite game obviously is the same as yours which is I think it's the freshest in our memory given our age is the you know Antonio Gates 3 touchdown game I just remember thinking man <laughs> Antonio Gates has taken over and uh, you know obviously he's one of my favorite players uh, has been just to see everything he's done for the Chargers in his career to see him have that big game was really fun
2: I think that's probably like the last of- Biggest game, too, from Antonio Gates. You know, one of the last games where he truly just dominated a game. Obviously, that was four years ago. And there was a couple really dark Chargers seasons in that time. But I think that was the last game that we really saw Antonio Gates performing at the Hall of Fame level at that time. So definitely always remember that one. John, what's the all-time series between these two teams? The Seahawks lead that 26 to 24
1: and before the last three games that i talked about the Seahawks had won five straight against the Chargers so the Chargers used to have a series lead in this
2: yeah and obviously they used to be division rivals which is why John hates them but I think you know either way that we decide who we're gonna pick to win this game we all think it's going to be a close game I don't think any of you I don't think either of you would disagree with that part of it. But let's go ahead and get into the injury report cuz obviously the Chargers have some huge names on there. But first I need to talk to you guys about getting in your brand new car and it's not just any car. It's a new Infinity and you're not just getting it from any dealership. You're going to get it from the best dealership in California. That's Metro Infinity in Los Angeles, 821 East Central Avenue, Monrovia, California. Just off the 210, you got to swing by their brand new multi-million dollar facility and check out the amazing selection of new and used cars. And if you don't want to check out the facility, that's okay too. Metro Infinity will bring the paperwork and the car to your home. You don't have to sit in the dealership for hours on end and wonder when this thing is finally going to wrap up. You can have your car at your house, never have to leave it and, and drive off in a brand new Infinity and since you listen to this podcast, you can have an extra $500 off any car purchase. When you mention Locked On, the owner of Metro Infinity is a big Locked On podcast fan. He's, he listens to the Locked On Rams podcast. We appreciate him giving us this sponsorship. And make sure you mention Locked On and you can get $500 off. Your new Infinity Q50 3.0, luxury loaded with navigation with $1,000 down and $325 a month. Plus, you take that extra $500 a month when you mention locked on. It's It's a great deal, guys. Go support someone that supports us and head down to Metro Infinity. They will take great care of you guys.
0: limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card
2: all right guys now it's time to get into the injury reports of the week I'm fortunate to say that the Seahawks injury report is much longer than the Chargers but the Chargers definitely have some more impactful players showing up on there so let's get started with that first I'm just going to go over all the injuries and then we'll break down exactly what we think about it on the Chargers side the people who did not practice were Joey Bosa, Chris Landrum, and Kazeer White, all guys that were, I think, doubtful on for this weekend's game. And then Melvin Gordon was a limited participant. Flipping over to the Seahawks side, these are the guys who were limited participants. Doug Baldwin, Jerron Reed, Shamar Steven. Doug Baldwin, Shamar Steven, and Jerron Reed all were limited participants. And they have a lot of big names, guys that did not practice. And that's DJ Fluker, Bradley McDougal, Deion Jordan, Jordan Simmons, Nico Thorpe, and KJ Wright. A few big names on there, John, but let's let's go ahead and start with the Chargers side of it. Is Melvin Gordon really the only guy on that list, first of all, that you think could play in this game?
1: Uh, sadly, yeah. Even though we talked to Eric Williams and he said Kazir White was practicing, but I'm guessing it's... Got to be the uh, Forrest Lamp, Joey Bosa type situation. They don't want to rush it back until he's 100%. I'm starting to think the Chargers are waiting for like 110% healing now because if you're out there practicing and running you got a little bit of pain, it's probably going to always have that little bit of pain, and you can obviously call it 100% after that. But Alvin Gordon is the only guy practicing right now, and we've we've had guys say he has been practicing well, but there's also guys that won't give a definite answer based on some of the reports that I've read. Uh, I'm still skeptical if he'll play.
2: And I think, unfortunately, John, Melvin Gordon is so conducive to the, uh, the success of this offense that, David, it could mean the difference between a win and a loss whether Melvin Gordon plays in this game or not.
0: It absolutely could be the difference between a win or a loss. I've said on multiple occasions, and I know I'm beating the dead horse, but Melvin Gordon is the guy who helps this offense run at its peak performance. I think when he's in there mixed with all the other weapons, you see a different uh, style of offense, a more aggressive style. Uh, I think you know gives them confidence because he's a good safety valve, uh, catches the ball well out of the backfield, keeps those chains moving, especially this year uh, in the rushing game as well averaging over four yards a clip. So, I mean, he, he's been very productive. I mean, he's also a, a great red, red zone target. I mean, Melvin Gordon is a great player. I think it's time now. You know, you don't hear any doubters. Uh, you don't, you know, when people, when the Chargers drafted him in the first round, everyone was surprised and, you know, very kind of upset about the pick. And, you know, those doubters have since been silenced. And it uh, just goes to show you, you know, how important he is. And I think people start to realize it uh, and uh, definitely very important for this game on Sunday.
2: Yeah. And I think the main thing with Melvin Gordon is in the past, his production has been somewhat of a mirage. He scored a lot of touchdowns. He was getting more and more involved in the offense. But people see touchdowns and he's like, oh, hey, that's a really good player. And I think Melvin Gordon is a good player, but. His efficiency wasn't great, and I think that was being masked by the touchdowns. He has a lifetime 3.9 yards per carry. But this year, he's actually been super efficient with his carries. He's averaging over five yards a carry, which is the first time in his career. He's getting in the end zone in the running game and, and the passing game, like we've talked about many times, and he's just been really efficient. And you see what Austin Eckler is able to do off of Melvin Gordon's running style. And Melvin Gordon just has a couple runs every game. We'll see how it looks when he's injured. But he has a couple runs every game, guys, that really just electrifies the sideline. You know, it takes three or four or five defenders to bring him down. And I think for especially the offensive linemen, when you see somebody giving that kind of maximum effort and not going down, I think that really affects the morale of the offensive line and the offense and the team in general, just seeing somebody work that hard. Let's flip it over to the Seahawks injury side. John, there's a lot of big names on here. Which one of the guys that did not participate in practice out of DJ Fluker, Deion Jordan, Bradley McDougal, Jordan Simmons, and KJ Wright, do you want to see sit out the most? Uh,
1: I want to see McDougal and
2: Wright sit out. I'm really hoping those guys are actually
1: injured and not resting. because Those guys are the guys that make the plays. McDougal is their leading tackler. and right can basically cover the field when you run the ball and when you have him and Wagner it's going to be a really really tough going especially if Melvin Gordon doesn't play if if Melvin Gordon doesn't play but Wright and McDougal don't play I feel a lot better about our running game even though it's not going to be spectacular like it would with Melvin Gordon but it would still be effective enough to move the ball up and down the field And still get our points that we need. But we wouldn't be able to probably control the clock like we would if we had Melvin Gordon.
2: And there's a couple of pretty good run defenders, John, that show up here as well with Jerron Reed and Shamar Steven. The defensive tackles, I think that bodes well for the Chargers running game. Even if he plays knowing that they're banged up a little bit. But I agree with you 100% on Bradley McDougal and K.J. Wright. Having K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner on the field at the same time is something that pretty much no team can put together, that combination of speed and tackling ability and run-stuffing ability. So I think that's huge right there. And Bradley McDougall, we praise these safeties a lot, but he's the free safety that really covers up the back end for them and covers up the mistakes of a lot of these corners, these young corners on the outside that have had some struggles. He's the guy that's over the top to protect those guys. And Phillip Rivers, we know, likes to take shots. So if this guy, Bradley McDougal, can't play, it didn't seem like the locked-on Seahawks host really felt like he wasn't going to play. So I don't know really what to expect from it. But if he can't play, I think that definitely opens up the field for the Chargers offense and lets them do what they love to do, which is spread you horizontally and vertically and take a couple of those deep shots. You just have to hope for the Chargers' sake that they're – calculated risks by philip rivers and not him trying to do too much but that wraps up this segment of the injury report we have one more segment where we're going to do our bold predictions for the week make sure to stick around for that but first i need to talk to you guys about going to the movies it seems like it gets more expensive every year and i know they're adding a bunch of alcohol and stuff but that's an extra you know fifteen dollars To an already expensive trip just to sit in a crowded movie theater where you're sitting right next to some strangers. I can actually change that up for you guys and change your date nights in general because I have a new... Because Rooftop Cinema Club has landed on a rooftop near you. You can come watch the latest releases and cult classics Under the Beautiful Skies in an outdoor environment that will really change the way you think about going to the movies. There's screenings in Hollywood, downtown LA, San Diego, Houston, and New York on sale now at rooftopcinemaclub.com. And when you listen and when you go to rooftopcinemaclub.com, you have a full list of films and showtimes. I know it's out. And the best part is, guys, you actually get a special deal exclusive to our listeners. When you put in the promo code LOCKEDON10, you can save 10% off your seats to any San Diego or L.A. venue. That's LOCKEDON10 to get 10% off. Hey, that's almost a free upgrade to unlimited popcorn or upgrading to a seat if you don't want to sit in the big deck chairs they have for you. Just mention LOCKEDON10 and you'll get 10% off those tickets. You won't regret it, guys. Check out RooftopCinemaClub.com and change up the way that you go out.
3: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, guys, time to get into the final segment of the show. We're going to be talking about our bold predictions for Sunday's game, and I will give you my game predictions and and refresh you guys on what John and David think are going to happen in this game. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. David, I will start with you. What is your defensive bold prediction for the Chargers this weekend.
0: I have a good feeling that Echenna is going to get more involved in this one. I, I hope that the coaching staff uh, on the defensive side uh, put together some plays to get him involved, and I think that they did that. So I think uh, they're going to reap the benefits of that with two sacks from their rookie second-round pick. So my bold prediction is two sacks for Echenna in this one.
2: I think that would be a huge turning point for Echenna Nwosu to have two sacks in a game. I know we saw when Joey Bosa had his first game, he came in right away and sacked Derek Carr twice, and you just knew, oh, damn, this guy is the real deal. So it would be cool to kind of have that moment with you, who's really struggled to get playing time on this team so far this year. But a guy that we've seen the talent, his pass rush grade is great when he has his limited opportunities. So we definitely want to see more of him on the field to be able to make a play or a couple plays like that, David. John, who do you have for your defensive ball prediction in this one? I believe our defense is going to get six sacks this game, including a strip sack. Oh, I like that, and I think that could be huge. I mean, if the Chargers are able to get a turnover in this game or two and keep from turning the ball over themselves, I think that plays a huge role in this game. You're playing against a good team you cannot afford to give up the ball and on defensively to give your team a really good shot. You need to kind of take matters into your own hands. You've let people kind of move all over you in between the twenties and you've made up for it with red zone stops and turnovers. So that's a huge key for this defense. And it's part of the reason that they can be really good for my defensive ball prediction. I'm going to go a little bit different than what I said on chargers domination live last night. If you're watching there, I'm going to change mine. I'm still going to center it around Desmond King. But I really want to see, you know, those corner zone blitzes from Desmond King that we saw last year when he had four sacks. So I'm going to kind of incorporate that into it. I think Desmond King in this game being the best corner on the Chargers is going to get a pick and a sack in this game and really show you kind of all the tools that he has in his toolbox and making an impact on the field. That's going to be my defensive ball prediction for this week.
0: Man, that would be huge, and it would be awesome to see that because the, the, the Chargers haven't really used Desmond King to rush, and I think that's not putting your best players in the, their best positions to have success. I think Desmond King showed last year that he is very, a very, very proficient pass rusher, and right now the Chargers are kind of lacking in the pass rush department, so they need to get more creative, Daniel, and that would be one way that they know Uh, they can use to get after the quarterback with Desmond King.
2: Yeah, and I think the biggest part about that too, David, is that you're not sending in a 300-pound lineman after him that, you know, Russell Wilson can, can kind of sidestep and get out of the pocket. When you send Derwin James or a Desmond King, you have a guy that's more versatile and less likely to get shook by Russell Wilson. So I think that plays a big part of it too. It's kind of like a spy, but you just send him in off the edge. I think that'll make a big difference in this game. So let's get into the offensive bold predictions. John, I'll go to you first since I went with David last time. Give me your bold prediction for the offense. Well, I really couldn't come up with one this week. So I wanted to take a
1: page out of um, the San Diego Sports Domination CEO, David Farreker. And I'm going to say Antonio Gates does a touchdown pass in this game.
2: Oh, perfect. I'm glad you decided to get bold. (laughs) Oh, God. For me, I'm going to change mine up a little bit. I'm going to say that Austin Eckler has a big bounce back game in this game. I think he has five catches for over 60 yards, and I think he has 10 rushes for more than 80 yards and gets back to being the spark plug that the Chargers need him to be. I'll throw a touchdown in there as well because this is – bold predictions. So I think Austin Eckler bounces back with or without Melvin Gordon. I think Austin Eckler is going to have a big impact in this game. David, what's your offensive bold prediction?
0: So last year around this time is when Keenan Allen really started to turn it on. I think that is going to continue this year. uh, And I think he is going to get into the touchdown department times two against the seahawks i'm looking at two touchdown receptions for the slayer ka13 keenan allen
2: yeah and that's i think a thing with keenan allen is he's such an emotional player he wears his emotion on his sleeve and kind of like shocking the paint with keenan allen he wants you to feed him and if you don't feed him i think he can become a little bit disengaged I think he's a a great team player, and I know he's a leader on this team. But, I mean, when you're running routes and you feel you're open and you don't get the ball, I mean, that's going to affect you negatively from time to time. So I love that. You know Keenan Allen wants to get into the end zone. We saw the kicking of the pylon and the kind of theatrics on the sideline. And I think that you can cure that with a couple touchdowns this week. So let's go ahead and get into the game predictions. David and John already picked this game and chose the score. So, David, quickly, what was your score and why did you pick it? So
0: uh, I went with 28-24, Chargers victory. Uh, the reason why I picked that is because I think the Chargers have done a good job of protecting the football. The Seahawks kind of thrive on those, uh, you know, gimme kind of giveaways. And I, I think don't think the Chargers are going uh, to do that. And uh, I think, you know, the Chargers are going to – be able to run the ball a lot better uh, against this team as well. So that's why I went 28-24 Chargers win.
2: And, John, I know you picked the Seahawks to win. Give me your score and tell me what you're thinking. Uh I picked
1: the Seahawks to win this game 27-21 because of one simple fact, really, and it's because it's in Seattle. Um, when the Chargers play in StubHub, we still get, a bunch of false starts and offsides penalties. And that's with being at our own home stadium with only maybe 12,000 opposing fans. At least you're going to be in Seattle in probably the second loudest stadium in the NFL behind the chiefs. And there's going to be over 50,000 of those guys screaming and yelling. And I think the false starts and stuff are going to be even bigger and I don't think it's good. we're going to be able to overcome them, and that's why I picked the Seahawks to win. But I th- I think we could probably have a chance to win in the end. i picked pick 27-21, but I think the false starts and stuff are going to make it too hard to convert like a third and 17.
2: Well, the good news is the Chargers are used to playing on the road because they basically do it every week. I know that's an old joke, but it still remains true. They still have not had a road test like this this year and the chargers have failed to beat good teams this year you could make an argument that none of the teams that they have beat this year are any good i mean the bills the raiders the 49ers i mean none are any of those teams good i think it's yet to be seen well let's let's mention this about
1: the 49ers in case some people think well they were okay
2: um the cardinals only
1: have two wins this year And they're both against the Niners. And we all know how bad the Cardinals are.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and if you used my bookie to bet on the 49ers, not saying that I did, but when they came back 15-3, to it would have definitely pissed you off. But, (laughs) yeah, none of those teams have been good. So this is the Chargers' first really big test that they can achieve a win in. And they haven't done it so far. I don't think the Titans are any good either, just for what the record shows. So, I mean, I haven't picked a game game wrong this year, but I haven't wanted a pick of mine to be wrong more than I want this one. I'm going to take a number from each of your scores. I'm going to go 27-24 Seahawks, unfortunately. I think that the Chargers have to prove it. I really think this is a 50-50 game, guys. I know ESPN's Football Power Index has the Seahawks at a 52% chance to win this game. I think that's about right, but at the same time, guess what? That's a coin flip. It can go either way. The Chargers have had fate on their side at certain points this season. It doesn't necessarily seem like the football gods are out to to get us this year as much. So, hey, this is a war of attrition. If the Chargers guys can play and get healthy like Melvin Gordon and some of those Seahawks guys don't get to play, I think the Chargers will have a great chance to win this game. But I have to pick realistically, and I think the Chargers – losing this one in in a really close game, and I couldn't be more hopeful that I'm wrong. Anyways, that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you guys for listening this week. It's been a great week of shows. Thanks again to the Locked On Seahawks for doing the crossover episode. Follow us on Twitter at LAC. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. You know, we're trying to get that low rating from all those other Locked On Chargers hosts off us. No, nah, I'm just playing. But make sure to go like the page on Facebook at Locked On Chargers. And we will be back with you guys next week. John's going up to the game in Seattle with his little brother. And we're excited to hear what he has to say Monday. And we'll get his opinion then. But until then, guys, take it easy. Game's at 105 this week. Be there. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Go Bolts!